How do you maximize performance with your sales force? My name is Anthony Garcia, and I'm the host of the Catapulting Commissions podcast. Join me every week as we discuss topics such as performance or improving retention. And we do so by interviewing some of the top sales professionals and entrepreneurs around the world. Now, let's enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Catapulting Commissions podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia. And today we have a double dose of Anthony. My guest for the show today, his name is Anthony Eisman. Now, before we introduce Anthony and we let Anthony share some valuable knowledge with us, let me tell you about him. He is the author of the book, Master Cold Calling in Five Easy Steps. It's available on Amazon right now. Anthony has been involved in sales, sales leadership for nearly two decades. He is a multiple year, six figure earner in sales. And as we know on the Catapulting Commission podcast, that's kind of that benchmark, that holy grail that sales professionals seek to get above six figures in commission every year, year in, year out. And as we expand our growth set, we get guys like Anthony who are on that verge of cusping that next benchmark. And that's where the Catapulting Commission show is going to take you. But today we're diving in. How do you excel in cold calling? How do you break into enterprise sales? And what can you do now that's going to make you an effective salesperson during COVID-19? We tackle all those topics with Anthony Eisman on his show today. We talk about the Rise Up Project, which is an event that Anthony will be speaking to later this summer. And so you'll get an opportunity to hear about that. And Anthony will also drop some valuable nuggets at the end where you can get some content from Anthony, some some additional coaching uh, tools that Anthony utilizes in his own business. And you'll be able to click those on his website or on his Instagram. We'll share that as well. Without further ado, Anthony Eisman, my brother, welcome to the Catapulting Commission Show. Thank you, man. Anthony, I appreciate you having me on. I'm looking forward to, to uh, chopping it up with you. Anytime I can talk sales with somebody, it's always entertaining for me. So I'm excited and hopefully give your uh, audience some nuggets too while we're at it. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I, th- I think I'm like you, Anthony. I enjoy having conversations about sales, sales leadership. And, you know, this podcast started, you know, we're getting some windshield time, right? You're always driving, going somewhere out, pounding pavement. I'm like, let me, let me further educate myself. So that's how the podcast came. So today's show, Anthony, one of the things I realize is, is, you know, you look up your name, you learn some things, you're the cold calling king, right? That's, <laughs> that's kind of the acronym that comes with you. How'd you get that name? And, and where did that come from? Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I would love to say that I'm, you know, making 100 dials cold calling uh, every day. But unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know how you look at it. I, I don't necessarily have to do that anymore. I kind of manage, you know, a $20 million book of business. I get a lot of my business from referrals. But with that being said, when I first started in sales, um, you know, I had to go out and get appointments. I didn't have a book of business. I didn't have anybody to give me referrals. And and I was able to do that all with uh, my phone skills, right? And then what happens is you start to get into the organizations and these young guys come in and uh, they don't know how to cold call. So sometimes you got to get on the phone, you know what I'm saying, and uh, teach these young guys how to do it a little bit. So that's how we came up with the cold call king. And it's funny, I actually used to do a show as well. You can go look this up on my Instagram or Facebook, but it was called Cold Call Battles. And I would just get with sales professionals. We would actually call people live and see who could get the most appointments. And, uh, you know, I've yet to be beaten in the cold call battle as well. But it's just some fun things that we do. But I'm a big proponent of being able to get meetings on the phone, man. It's just the way it is. 
Yeah, no, it's it's really funny you say that, all right, around cold calling. It's, you know, it's 2020 right now. And there are some people that would argue and say that cold calling is dead, right? And and it's really easy. You know, you look at your Instagram, you're established, you're tenured. You know, you look at mine, established. And you look at people, and you're like, man, these guys got it made. But people don't realize that cold calling, that that picking up the phone and dialing, everyone starts there, right? It's like the T in T-ball, right? You, you have to learn the fundamentals. One of the things, Anthony, that people don't realize is that cold calling is still really relevant and still effective today. Matter of fact, the Rain Group released some data that said 49% of buyers still prefer cold call as their first point of contact. The other 51 mm. prefer an email. So, you know, it's it's almost half and half, right? And, and and I don't have how they put this study together and how the data went, but when you put 51% prefer an email, 49% prefer a cold call, it's still mixed and mixed. Now, in, in your book here, we talk about mastering cold calling in five easy steps. If I was to be a new sales guy and I wanted to learn the fundamentals and how to be effective in cold calling, what does that process look like? Well, listen, I think the first thing is, you know, overcoming fear. So if you in the book, the first chapter I talk about is overcoming fear. I think everybody has a fear of rejection, right? And that's the number one thing that is going to come along with cold calling, right? So you got to overcome your fear of rejection. The only way to do that is really just to start doing it. It's like anything else. It's like a muscle. You start doing it, you get better over time. Um, and, and as you get better, you become more confident, right? And as you become more confident, then you went and you're on the phone, you're more conversational, and you'll be able to convert more appointments. So that's the kind of the overarching theme is overcoming fear. And then if you want to get technical about it, you know, I think people need to block times in their schedule to make these calls. I think they need to be um, they need to have their undivided attention. They need to be disciplined. You need to do it every day, you know, clear your desk, uh, you know, approach it like a professional, man. That's what I tell people. Like, this is your job. This is a way for you to earn a really, really high income. If you're in sales, take care of your family and you got to be able to master every part of the game. And part of that is being able to, um, convert appointments on the phone, you know, and in either way, like you said, some people say cold calling is dead. Well, listen, they're probably trying to sell you some digital advertising, but, and here's the other thing. You can sell a lot of digital advertising. You can get a lot of leads that come in, but somebody still has to pick up the phone and call the leads, right? It may be a little bit of a warmer phone conversation, but to me, you still need to have that skill of being able to convert on the phone. Yeah, I think, you know, you say that that skill is lost and we, we get so comfortable with, uh, you know, this digital marketing, right? Creating these funnels, right? Having Having this platform where people essentially call us to get these warm leads but that skill on that phone right you find that people typically forget those cold calls because they're not memorable they don't they don't dive in and, and people try to sell their product right out the gate mm-hmm. now if if you're back let's go back in this cold calling method if i'm in this cold calling method right what are the couple of the traps that people fall into so we got over this fear Right. I'm not I'm not I'm not afraid of making the phone calls. Uh, and, and I'll hear real scenario, man. I'll share. I have a client and I won't say his name because he listens to the show. I have a client right now that is his goal is to make 200 phone calls per day. He's in an mm-hmm. outbound call center. And we've we've chatted a lot about how he's going to handle his calls during this COVID-19 pandemic. Right. And one of the challenges that he runs into is he's gun ho. All right. He's trying to, you know, it's almost like that commission breath. He's desperate for revenue. Mm. And so I think he's losing his skill set. So I try to tell him, here's a few traps to avoid. And, yep. and before I show you what I show, I'd love to pick your brain. What are traps or, or, 
or yeah, traps for lack of better words, that people fall into when they're making cold calls to try to produce revenue, produce appointments, produce income. Yeah, I think the first thing is, and you kind of said it is, you know, you're trying to sell your product uh, over the phone. And listen, maybe you do uh, need to sell your product over the phone. But the initial cold call for me is just to set up an appointment, right? So whether that's a face-to-face meeting, that's my own, if, you know, if I'm an outside sales rep, my only job is to get a face-to-face meeting so that I can get time on the decision maker schedule so I can pick their brain about their goals and challenges and see if I can come up with a solution. Now, if I'm selling my product over the phone, even on that cold call, I still want to block some time or set up another meeting so that I can have the guy's undivided guy or the girl's undivided attention and give them, you know, my sales pitch. Right. So I think that's the first thing people don't understand that, you know, understand what your job is on that cold call is just to get a meeting. Right. I think that's the first thing. And then the second thing, I think a lot of people, um, you know, they can't overcome objections, you know, so it's, you know, just just because people say, you know, oh, I, I don't have time or, you know, I'm not interested. That doesn't necessarily mean no. Right. You should try to overcome at least I say three objections. Uh, and then if you can't get the appointment, then then you just, you know, you recycle and you try again and, and you know, you try it again at a later date. But you never as long as somebody told you, as long as nobody said, listen, I don't want you to call me. then there's still a prospect. Right. I like that. I like that a lot. Right. Because it's almost like. You know, you didn't tell me not to call you. You just told me today's not the right time or this moment, not the right time. In mentioning those objections, how do you salespeople, right? And this probably is for cold calling and sales in general. How do people prepare and handle objections that are going to come in their sales cycle? Like what's the, what's your strategy? What's your best approach, right? Because those objections is funny. And, And if I put you in a sales situation, your tenure, your skill, there's not many objections that are going to throw you off. Mm hmm. But if we take you back 15 years ago, you might be in a different boat. So what are those? How do you prepare to handle those objections now? Well, I think the first thing is, is that anybody who's out there, they need to be passionate about what they're selling. They need to really believe in their product or service. And if you don't, I would tell you, go find something else to sell. So once you're passionate and you and you believe in your product, then you can it's all about framing the conversation. Right. So if I'm reaching out to a prospect, I don't feel like I'm bothering them. Because I really feel like I can help them. So I would be doing a disservice to you, Anthony, by not trying to understand what you're going through, what your challenges are, and how my product can help you, right? I want to have that mindset. That's the first thing. The second thing is I always try to frame the conversation not as a cost, right, but as a as a benefit. So I don't come to you and say, hey, Anthony, you know, my product is going to cost, you know, be $15.99 a month or whatever. I want to understand what your challenges are so I can flip that into an ROI conversation. And now I'm a value guy. I'm not a cost guy. Right. And I think if you have those two mindsets, you can overcome almost any objection. Yeah, I, I like what you said there. Right. You're, it's how you're framing that conversation. I think a lot of people, hey, I have this product for you versus I have this solution for yeah. you. Mm-hmm. And 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 what you're saying there, that passion about what you driver what you serve is probably why you know you you look at people who are the most effective in their career and in whatever the sales industry is they know their product or service so well that you can call them in the middle of the night and they know what type of value to deliver so i like how you said you're framing that work for the objections now let's let's give you another objection here right you're on that call you're driving the appointment right and let's let's talk about the objection that is pretty hot and heavy right now anthony I'm not ready to make a decision because I'm uncertain with COVID-19. 
Like, mm. I don't know what's happening, right? This pandemic is, is causing me to pause myself. And again, Anthony, I, I feel like I'm getting a free coaching here because I'm giving you objections <laughs> that my coaching clients are coming to me with right now. So let's talk about that one. Yeah. Well, listen, I think that, first of all, I think we all need to be sense, uh, sensitive, have a little bit of empathy. I would tell people right now, you know, some deals are going to push, right? And for sales leaders out there, I would say you may want to evaluate you know, your uh, your sales team on the year and not necessarily this quarter because everyone's going to be impacted. Right. Uh, and you want to keep people's morale high and you want to keep the energy up. But, you know, for overcoming objections with COVID-19, here's what you say. Right. So you say, um, you know, first of all, you want to you want to you want to approach that objection early on in the conversation. You want to bring it up. Right. Say, listen, Mr. Prospect, I understand what's going on right now. There's a lot of stuff going on in this environment. You know, do you see anything? that this will impact your buying decision based on what your organization is going through in COVID-19. If they say yes or no, then you can kind of move along. Right. Um, and when they tell you that, write down exactly what they tell you word for word. Right. Cause you're going to need that information when it comes back. So then if, if the, if, so if they say no, okay, that this isn't going to impact then you're good, then you can move with your sales process. If that objection comes up at the end, again, then you can read back to them what they already told you on why this won't impact them. Right. And you can say, hey, listen, you know, all right. Well, so if you were going to make a decision today. Right. And and if there's a product or service, would you choose mine? OK, so if they say like if, if you had a competitor, if there's two people. Right. And if they say if they say yes, then, you know, then you just go back to, to that objection. If they say no, then, you know, then, you know, COVID-19 is not the real objection. Right. So you got to play it. Right. So you 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 um, you bring that objection up yourself in the front. Make sure you don't get to the goal line and then get that objection. So you overcome it at the beginning. And then if it comes up back at the end, then you just have to you know put, pitch yourself against, you know, your competitor and make sure that you are real. They really would choose you. And then you can kind of deduct what the real objection is. Right. And then you got to have to dig a little bit deeper. Yeah, I like that. I, I think that what you just said right there, I think someone needs to rewind and listen to this one more time because by bringing up the objection ahead of time, right? I mean, it's exact sales 101. Let me bring up the objection before you bring it up. And COVID-19 yep. doesn't fall any different right now. I mean, it's that's 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 key. Now, earlier you said sales leaders are going to evaluate, right, your sales force on, a, on an annual basis or just kind of count out this quarter. How can a sales leader right now, we talked about this before the show, you, 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 you've covered all areas of sales, whether individual contributor, sales leadership, you've, you've looked at the, 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 the pendulum, for lack of better words, the whole scale of sales. How can sales leaders right now motivate and encourage and inspire their team to perform during this unprecedented time? Yeah, I mean, I would just go back and say, hey, listen, you know, just be have a little empathy with your team and say, hey, listen, guys, we're going to evaluate you guys on the year. Um, I think we're going to be able to bounce back strong from this thing. I think the economy was strong before COVID-19. It's not like a 2008 bubble. Right. So uh, I think the economy is going to come back strong. I would think you let your people know that, hey, um, you know, we, we want to evaluate you on the year because, you know, I think that the economy is going to bounce back strong, but that does what you should also tell them though, is they should continue to fill their pipelines and have activity and go and try to find opportunities, even though the deals may push out a little bit, right. That'll help them bounce back in, in the next quarter. Uh, and then listen, you know, this is absolutely going to shine a light also on your top on your, I'm sorry, on your bottom 10% of your sales team, 
who were just coasting by, right? And I think if you're in the bottom 10%, you need to reevaluate yourself and say, hey, listen, what do I got to do so I don't get in this position next time that this, you know, some crazy thing happens and now all the deals are going away, right? So, you know, that's what I would, that's what I would tell people um, as far as how to, how to keep people motivated, you know, during this time. It's just crazy. Yeah, I, I, uh, I would agree with a lot of that. I think the empathy right now and, and understanding, but that highlight on that bottom 10% right now is probably, you know, it's uncomfortable for everybody. It's uncomfortable for, for the people on the bottom 10%. You know, as a sales leader myself, you know, I, I have been both. I've been on the top. I've been in the bottom. <laughs> I've had people on the top. I've had people on the bottom. So I know, you know, it has, you know, it creates probably some uncomfortable conversations right now. Hey, I wanted to take a quick minute and interrupt this episode for a second. I hope you're enjoying what you've heard thus far. Are you a sales professional or do you manage a team of sales professionals? I imagine you know someone who struggles with complacency. I'm talking about the sales rep who has all the tools to be a top performer, but just can't seem to get past the mental hurdle that is holding them back. I completely understand and I relate with you. That is why I've created a detailed approach on how to get out of this stage of complacency and put yourself in position to achieve your next sales goal. Be sure to visit my website, catapultingcommissions.com. Once there, you can find the link to pick up a copy of my international best-selling book, Catapulting Commissions. Now, let's get back to our show. Now, let me pivot on you in a direction here real quick. You have had a successful sales career almost spanning two decades, right? What is, is so I'm a new sales guy. I'm brand new, B2B, B2C, med, whatever it is. And I come to you and I say, Anthony, how can I establish a long-term career of success similar to yours, right? What are the keys to success in sales that span nearly 20 years versus yeah. Right. It's digital. Everyone's like, I'm successful this month, bro. We've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> so how do we do yeah. that? I think it's like anything. I think, you know, you know, you not, you nail it on the head. Like, you know, excellence is consistent, you know, t- year in, year out, month in, month out, quarter in, quarter out. Right. It's not a one, uh, you know, it's not a one, uh, one hit wonder. Right. So there, there's a few things. Right. I think the first thing is you need to continue to self-educate yourself. All right. The greatest salespeople I've ever met continue to self-educate themselves outside of what they learned in school, always continuing to, to learn. Right. The second thing is, is you got to overcome challenges. There's always going to be challenges in the sales game. And the reality is, and, and Anthony, I'm sure you can attest to this, is we just didn't give up. Right. I don't think there's any like great quality of, about myself. Right. I wouldn't necessarily wouldn't consider my guy the smartest guy. Um, I have a ridiculous work ethic, I can tell you that, but I think that comes along with overcoming challenges and really just not giving up. Like the greatest salespeople just never gave up, right? So I think, you know, continuing to self-educate yourself, you know, all the time, overcoming challenges. And then the third thing is taking advantage of opportunities. You know, I think there's a lot of people out there that if they would have taken advantage of some opportunities that they had, uh, maybe it got, would have got them out of their comfort zone a little bit. So they were scared. They didn't take advantage of the opportunity. But as you take advantage of opportunities, more opportunities arise to you. Right. And you can put yourself in position. You know, a lot of people say, oh, he's lucky or he got this account. or he, You know, it's our job as salespeople to put ourselves in a position to win. Right. Whether that means 
moving to a different state or, you know, taking on an account that somebody didn't want or doing a territory, whatever that looks like, right? You have to take some initiative. So I would say those are the, the biggest three things that uh, I see in, in great salespeople. Yeah, I like that. So you self-educate, overcome challenges or not giving up and taking yep. advantage of opportunities. And mm-hmm. and I, I definitely would agree with that. When it comes to self-educating, I want to pick your brain on this one. I, mm-hmm. I've had a few guests on the show and I, I kind of asked everyone the same thing because here you are, very tenured, saying I still self-educate, mm-hmm. right? So there's people who, I would call them in the middle, right? They're, they haven't got to that point where they're at that 20-year mark where they're like, I've been doing this, man. And, you know, they, they have a couple years of su- success. They forget to self-educate or they forget to do that. So I always, I always try to piggyback and let those listeners hear. What type of stuff are you doing for self-educating? How are you sharpening your skill set, whether it's your mental skill set, your sales skill set, your personal skill set? What does that the process look like for you? I mean, listen, it's, it's books. It's audio books. It's podcasts like yours. You were talking about windshield time, at, mm-hmm. uh, you know, driving. You know, it's very rare that I do not, that I waste any time. And I don't want to say I'm like super productive or if I don't have hobbies or anything like that, but it's very rare that I'm not spending my time filling my brain with some sort of knowledge or information, right? So, you know, I use Audible a lot. It's a, you know, it's, it's a, you know, audio books. I think mm-hmm. if you go to, go to my Audible, it's crazy. I think I've, I've listened to like over a month's worth of, audio. That's crazy. If you break that down into hours, right? Books. I mean, I still got, you know, looking around, Anthony, I know we're on Zoom right now. I can see your books. Every podcast I've ever seen or done, uh, everybody, or all the smartest people are, are huge readers. I have libraries all over my house. I'm looking at a Zig Ziglar sales book on my floor in my office right now. I mean, yep. come on, that's probably like 30 years old itself, right? Um, books, podcasts, uh, and just continuing to learn. I, you know, I go to a few websites here and there every morning um, and get my knowledge. I don't, I, I strategically get the knowledge that I want. I don't sit down in front of the television and allow the world to push me around with the information that they're giving me. I am very strategic about where I get my information and I want to control what's going into my brain. I don't, I rarely watch the news, but I, I get my information the way I need to, but I don't sit down in front of television and watch the news. I like that. You're, you're essentially controlling what is influencing you mm-hmm. by, by by making positive resources. And I'm, I'm going to give a shameless plug here to Blinkist. I'm not sure if you've heard of this app before, Anthony. It's yeah. called Blinkist. Yeah, I, I love it. I love Blinkist. They just actually, I know this because they just charged my account for my next huh. year subscription. They, br- they break down the books for you, right? Yep, it is. Yep. If they do it both in audio and it's, it's like cliff notes for personal yeah. development books. And yeah. it's, you know, there's certain books that I've read through and through. And I'm like, okay, you know, you know, I, part of my, part of where I travel for work, I go to Hawaii often. So sometimes yeah. it's a five and a half, six hour flight. I've been able to knock around three or four books that I've read before mm-hmm. that I just want to get back engaged with. And I'm like, let me, let me make sure I'm not missing something. Because the more you hear things, right, it sounds a little bit better or you, it applies to you in a little different way. So, mm-hmm. so I like I like how you said you're you're consuming the books and 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 engaging in that area. Um, the other thing I would say about reading, though, just real quick, not to interrupt yeah. you, though, I think people get intimidated by reading because they think they have to finish the book. Or listen, if you pick up a book and you don't like it, just put it down. You don't have to read it. Go get a different book, right? And then the other thing is that you know you don't have not everything of the book has to resonate with you either. You literally only need like one or two pieces of information that'll change your life. In a book, like you don't have to, don't feel bad because you didn't read the whole thing. Who cares, 
right? Yeah. You still have it. It goes in your library, you know, and, and I'm like you on the books. I do really, that really did impact my life though. I do go back and read those often. Yeah. I, I like what you said, right? You're essentially just trying to steal a nugget. So yeah, it's, one nugget. yeah, that's, that's it. Right. Because I I've listened, I like you, I engage in a lot of sales podcasts, sales books, websites, speakers. I mean, you go on my Instagram. I follow a lot of people who are, you know, influencers in sales, right? They're always promoting or pushing mm-hmm. content. You know, uh, there's not, a day doesn't go by where I don't hear or see content that I haven't heard before, right? But there's also a day that doesn't go by where I hear or see something that I've forgotten. I haven't heard it that way. And there's no ego. It's not like, oh, well, I've heard that before. I don't need to listen to it. No, man, I, I want to hear it again. I want to hear your take on it because mm-hmm. I want to steal your nugget of information and, and put it in my brain. And I like how you said that, you know, someone as tenured and successful as you still doing that. It makes me feel like we're in good company, brother. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about enterprise sales, right? I don't think every listener on my call or on, that listens to the show understands what enterprise sales exactly is and how people break into that. Because, you know, I, I, I share just based on the feedback I get through DMs and emails. And, and you know, I, I have B2B people that are, you know, you know, we'll just call them entry level or, or, or yeah, entry level B2B. I have some med device, some pharma couple ag but when we get into enterprise sales or some of these complex larger sales processes i don't think people understand what it is can you give us a little background about what enterprise sales is what you do and how does someone get into that space yeah so an enterprise sales listen it's 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 a complex sale like like you said and it's really selling products and services into large organizations right so any any company that has multiple locations across the country you know you get up into a thousand locations and this is retail banking grocery you know, so some of the bigger names out there you would see that, you know, that I, that I work with is, you know, like a Bed Bath & Beyond, you know, an Amazon, you know, um, you know, Starbucks, you know, those types of big organizations. And basically what makes it so difficult to get into is because it's super complex. You have a lot of decision makers. OK, the sales cycles are super long and there's a high perceived risk for the customer to change what they're already using. So you're really up against status quo. Um, and, 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 and you have to get buy-in from all these different decision makers. Uh, and, uh, again, long sales cycle. And a lot of people can't wait out the sales cycle, you know, 12, 18 months. So that's really what an enterprise sale, uh, is. Um, and, uh, what I do now is I work for a privately held company and we sell security products into, uh, large organizations. And some of those that I just mentioned, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the, the demographic and, and, uh, that we work in. Right. Um, the reason why, you know, I love the enterprise sales game is really the holy grail of selling, right? Because, uh, you know, you get to work with these big organizations, um, but you exponentially help people because of their size, which exponentially grows your commission because you're providing a ton of value. And, uh, you know, the sky is the limit uh, as far as income in the enterprise sale, sale game. So I would say if you're trying to break into it, I would look at software companies. A lot of softwares as a service, uh, you know, deal with a lot of large organizations. I just said security, um, any type of audio video, uh, you know, that you can sell into large organizations. I would say those are the big three. But the, the main thing is, is that you're going to have to start somewhere else. You don't just break into the enterprise sales game. You start probably in a small to medium sized market. Um, you know, you probably even going to start as like an account manager at some point, just like helping one of the bigger sales guys. Uh, and then you, you know, you probably get into small to medium sized businesses. Uh, and then you kind of work your way up into the enterprise, enterprise game. But if you don't know the basics of sa- selling first, 
you're never going to be able to make it in a complex sales environment. So that's what I would give anybody. But once you get there, you can basically write your own check because you become so valuable to the marketplace that you don't have to go out and interview anymore. You can be like, listen, this is who I am. And you can kind of pick and choose uh, where you want to work. Yeah, I I do so much value on that one right there. Hopefully you listen to that and clearly hear that. One of the things you said, right, you have to have the fundamentals of sales down, right? Mm. That long sales cycle, that multiple decision maker. Mm. I mean, you just said a sales cycle, 12 to 18 months. I mean, I manage people sometimes like, hey, man, I didn't close this in three weeks. Dude, three weeks is a drop in the bucket, right? Yeah. And and, uh, earlier on my my podcast, I had, you mentioned software. I had Ian Koniak, who is Mm -hmm. the number one sales rep at salesforce.com. And one of one of the things that he shared is he was like, it was hard for people to understand the longer the process, the more steps involved, the higher the commission. Oh, yeah. And and he mm-hmm. was and he, and for him, it was almost like it was like a joy to always be, hey, let me, you know, you want a long developed meaningful relationship with multiple calls? I got this because the income at the end, essentially you're writing your own check. You bring so much value. Yep. So yeah, I do like what you said about that enterprise sales and people starting somewhere, breaking in and getting in. Let me let me pick your brain on some of those challenges that we come to. That high perceived risk, that status quo that you mentioned, I think that applies in a lot of industries, right? I mean, it applies at a macro level in enterprise sales. But, I mean, you go to a pharmaceutical rep just trying to convert a doctor to, to write a different script or, or simple B2B trying to convert your payroll or HR services or something like that. How do you handle that objection when people are comfortable with what they have? Like, what is your approach? Like, do you have a methodology you follow? What what do you what value do you try to share with them and, and get them to agree to change that status quo? Yeah, I mean, listen, I think you're right. Every sales rep or most industries are up against status quo. Everyone's like, yo, we're happy with what we have. You know, I think you can always start that conversation with like, listen, you know, you know, Mr. Prospect or Mr. Customer, you know, most people say they're okay with what they have until we were able to show them how we can do X, Y, and Z, right? And and whether that's reduce, you always want to use figures too, like, you know, reduce percentage of, you know, of, of losses or whatever that, that looks like on an ROI standpoint, right? But the way you really get over the objection is, you know, you have to start building the relationship and I, and people always, want to know how do I close more deals? How do I close more deals? How do I close more deals? You close more deals by becoming a better opener, not a close. You know, know, closing can happen organically, but if you're asking the right questions, you have to ask the right questions so that you can uncover what the challenges are and what the pains are. And you only do that as when you ask really good questions. Everybody has some sort of pain or challenge uh, within their, their current offering, right? But you have to build the relationship. You have to earn the trust. You have to ask the right questions. Um, and then once you have the right questions, then you can kind of take that and build out an ROI and you can show, you know, your prospect or, or whatever, then the reduced risk comes down, right? You always want to leverage your strengths to do that, right? So you need to understand, you need to have a good value proposition. I think the number one thing that most salespeople fail at is not having a good enough value proposition of what their product or service offers and how it can benefit the customer. No, I think that's really good, man. And, and Anthony, I gotta be honest with you, man. I always listen to podcasts and I interview my guests trying to pick up those one or two liners that I can promote on my po- on my Instagram page. Dude, you've dropped hundreds of one liners, <laughs> man. So I'm definitely going to have my my VA run through this and pull some stuff out. But uh, back on this, right? I like what you said. You're closing deals by being a better opener, by mm-hmm. establishing that 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 opening. How do you open better than your competitor? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, becoming, uh, you know, becoming a good opener, um, you know, is is knowing your industry. So knowing what 
your prospects most likely what their pains are, right? And, um, you know, what their challenges are going to be. You have to know your industry. And then you have to, like I said, have a very strong value proposition. What is it going to do? How am I going to emotion? How are you going to change my life emotionally? How are you going to, you know, we all talk about profit and loss, right? How are you going to affect the bottom line? That's only one part of the decision. The second part of the decision is how is this going to affect me? Is this going to give me more time with my kids? Like that's an emotional win, right? So you can always affect the P&L, but is this going to give me more time with my kids? Is this going to make me look like a hero to my boss? Is this going to give me more power within my organization, right? So I always tell people, you got to find the emotional win. Once you do that, then you really started to gain some trust and you really start to, uh, you know, can really start to make headway with closing a deal. And that's how you, you get started. Nice, man. That's good. That is really good. I, I like what you're sharing here. You know, if you haven't connected or you haven't listened yet, be sure to follow myself on my Instagram. You will find a lot of posts and promotion for Anthony Eisman and his Instagram page through this show. I mean, there's so much value on there. Speaking of your Instagram page, one of the things we went through and, and I found was you're you're speaking at this project called the Rise Up Project. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how does someone get connected? And and you know, I believe there's a contingency plan, but we'll we'll go through that. Uh, you know, the contingency for COVID. So let's talk about what the Rise Up Project is. Yeah, the Rise Up Project is uh, it's a great project that's going on in Long Beach. I'm going to be a speaker. There's a ton of great speakers uh, that give it. It's really for entrepreneurs, and it's kind of a boot camp style. So the first day is they actually going to have some uh, some physical boot camp that you go through, and they're going to have you know some, some of the best people in the fitness and and uh, you know fitness space, and they're going to kind of it's going to be held at a gym. Uh, for entrepreneurs, that's we the day one. And then day two is where, you know, I'm going to be there helping entrepreneurs with their sales. They're going to have like a merchant services person, anything that you will need on your side of the, on the business side. So it's a really, it's two day boot camp. It's in Long Beach. It was supposed to be in May, but obviously COVID-19. Um, but we're going to push it out. It's going to be June or July, but go to my uh, Instagram page at Anthony Eisenman, uh, E-I-S-E-N-M-A-N and go to my link tree and click on the Rise Up Project. You'll see all the details there. And, um, you know, if, if you're an entrepreneur and you're looking to kind of level up your business uh, and personal, I think it's a great opportunity to do that. Uh, you guys heard that there. Be sure to check out Anthony Eisman on his Instagram. Follow his link tree. I'll be sure to leave that in the show notes as we discuss, uh, as you start reading the content from today's show. Anthony, we're going to finish this conversation chatting about the last few moments here, dude. So COVID-19 comes. It exists. There is going to be a group of salespeople who excel. There's going to be a group of salespeople who fail saying, I wish it was the way it used to be. Mm. I want to finish on this topic with you. How do my listeners be the side that says we're going to be the people who excelled through, during, and after COVID-19? Yeah, man. Well, listen, I think, you know, you need to be using your time wisely right now. Time, This is not the time to hunker down and, and play PlayStation and disappear or whatever. You know, you, you need to be in front of your prospects. You need to be in front of your customers, asking them questions, trying to figure out where the opportunities are going to come up in this environment. Because listen, just like you and I, we're trying to figure out ways to drive revenue. Companies are also getting creative on what they're doing, which is going to provide more opportunities for salespeople. Uh, but you're never going to know unless you have your conversations and, you know, have some empathy. Uh, you know, you may not close a deal tomorrow, but if you're providing enough value, um, you know, even if, you know, for me, like, you know, I'm, I'm providing my, my customers with information that's going to help them regardless if I'm getting any revenue from it now or not. So I'm using this time to strengthen my relationships 
uh, with my customers. I'm, I'm staying active. Um, I'm using some of the extra time that I have because they're not traveling on planes, they're not in cars. So really have some extra time with the self-education, self-knowledge. I'm doing some things that I had on my list. Like you said, I wrote the book. Um, I'm, I just did also a 10-part uh, sales negotiation video. It's on my website, coldcallinc.com. Uh, I'm putting out a bunch of stuff for free. So I'm trying to, um, one, stay in front of your customers. Two, use your extra time wisely, okay? You know, do some things that have been on your to-do list that maybe you haven't done. Write that book, take that course. Because if you don't do it now with all the extra time, you're never going to do it. So you might as well take it off your fucking list. So be, um, you know, productive. And then three, learn how to become efficient with technology, man, because that's really what is going to, uh, how this is all going to change and, and play out. You know, be efficient with technology. And if you don't know it, learn it. Uh, Zoom, you know, whatever it takes to, to be able to interact with people and grow, you know, grow your network. Do things like this. Go out and meet people on Instagram. Don't just scroll, man. Meet people. Connect. Like Anthony and I, that's what we did. We connected on Instagram. He's going to be on my podcast. I'm going to be on his podcast. This is a great connection. We're using technology to build our network, right? Um, and that's that's really uh, that's really it, man. Those are my top three keys, I would say. Anthony, I appreciate you saying that. And, and that's a fun fact. Anthony and myself connected through Instagram. And through someone else, through Instagram, I have been completely open to connecting to like-minded individuals, hustlers, people that want to excel or develop their skill set. Or if you already have an accelerated skill set, I'd love to bring you involved and get you engaged in the Catapulted Commissions Project. Uh, Tomorrow, I'll be joining Anthony on his podcast, and we'll be sure to leave uh, that link up as well uh, on the show notes. So, guys, if you haven't figured it out by now, the top hustlers, the top performers in sales and sales industry are not hiding right now, right? The time to get out and get engaged is the current. Anthony, I appreciate you joining the Catapults and Commissions podcast, man. I uh, want to make sure one last thing, people connect on you. What's the website again? I want to make sure they hear it clear. Well, the website is coldcallinc.com. It's just coldcallinc.com. There's a ton of free resources on there, um, ton of ton of stuff. Uh, go Go check it out. And then my IG um, is at Anthony Eisenman. So I got a lot of, a lot of free content on, on both of those pages. Perfect. Right. So before you guys go out and start buying some stuff, come take advantage of Anthony's free content. He is sharing his wealth of knowledge that has made him extremely successful over nearly the past 20 years. If you haven't figured it out, getting into enterprise sales, the Holy grail of sales, you can follow and learn what Anthony has done to get there just by simply connecting with him at the Anthony Eisman or coldcallinc.com. Guys, I'm Anthony Garcia, your host of Catapults and Commissions. I appreciate you joining us on this Wednesday. And uh, Anthony, man, stay safe out there, brother. You too, man. Appreciate you. Be good. Well, that does it for today's episode on Catapulting Commissions with Anthony Garcia. If you found some value in today's show, please be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. Don't forget to subscribe to Catapulting Commissions. That way you get notified of new episodes every week. Lastly, please take a screenshot of today's show and share it on Instagram. Every week, I'll be giving away a signed copy of my best-selling book to one person who tags me at Anthony P. Garcia 99 and includes the hashtag Catapulting Commissions. Thank you for your time, and I look forward to helping you achieve higher commissions.